Hello, hello. You're listening to For the Girls, Gays and Days, the podcast where two friends process their emotions concerning pop culture of note to the acronym community. From film to television, music and more, we're here to tell you what caught our clear eyes this year. I'm Colt, he, him. I'm Alex, they, them. Welcome to it. Welcome. Fuck you, 2023. I never want to see you again. Yeah, you better bitch. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, in this episode, we were we we're going to be looking back at the year of 2023 in media, and we're going to be appreciating the gifts we did receive in the film and television spheres. Yeah. Personal lives aside, <laughs> 2023 <laughs> has been a banger year for film and TV. I just wanted to give some appreciation for that. At time of recording, it is in fact New Year's Eve. So a happy new year to all who celebrate. Uh, <laughs> and to kick us off, category is television. Yes, we are going to be counting down our three top TV series of 2023. But before we do that, I'm going to I'm just going to shout out some honorable mentions, <laughs> some shows that were great that didn't quite make the list for me. In my honorable mentions category, I do have lessons in chemistry which is, of course, the adaptation of the very popular book starring Brie Larson. Mm -hmm. uh, I also have Extraordinary, which is the superhero comedy series that was on Hulu and Disney Plus this year. And I also have Carol and the End of the World, a very late submission into the 2023 TV sphere, but a submission that nonetheless um, really spoke to me. It is, it is a pre-apocalyptic animated series. Uh, I love a pre-apocalyptic story so this very nearly made it into my three but yeah do you have any honorable mentions alex that you just want to shout out tv that you enjoyed but has not quite made your upper echelon it's obviously we live in the age of prestige tv that we do there's a i mean there's a lot of very fancy shows out there with big budgets and julia is probably one of those mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. Telling the story, of course, of Julia Child uh, and her forays into television. Yeah, it's true. So it, um, the show started uh, last year, the year before, and basically right. yeah. meets Julia at the point in her life when most people would say that you've had your run and we're in the golden bit. But that was actually the part of Julia's life where she chose to go into TV and sort of self-fund TV program on public yeah. access television in Boston, in the US. So I, I found um, the second season of that show very pleasurable. I haven't finished it quite yet. And I will say with Julia, it's very interesting, um, with one of my honorable mentions being Lessons in Ooh. Chemistry, because that felt a lot to me, spoke to a lot of like what Julia has been doing in like the TV series Julia. It feels like that a lot of that has was this sort of it manifested in Lessons in Chemistry. Yeah, because uh, of course, in that, um, the lead character does start her own cooking television series from like this sort of chemistry slant, but it it deals with very similar themes and motifs that Julia does. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I've seen extensive advertising on TikTok. I guess because my algorithm in that show are <laughs> simpatico. So, um, but I found this season of Julia very sexy, which I know people might not expect when you're talking about like. 50 and 60 year olds but they be fucking and it's hot and mm -hmm. it's enjoyable and 
that has spies and it's um, commentary and it's great. So that is my uh, one honorable mention. And then on the really, you know, roast potato indulgent side of myself, um, I really loved Sister Boniface, um, which is a, <laughs> a British murder mystery show about a nun, um, which I really loved. And they Love did that. a Christmas special this Love year that, that yeah. I loved the most. <laughs> I'm not even sorry about it. Love that. Well, with the appetizer out of the way, let's move on to the main course, shall we? <laughs> um, and I will kick us off. With my number three, uh, best TV series of 2023, and I am going with Scott Pilgrim Takes Ooh. Off. It is the animated series that was sort of billed to be a adaptation of the Scott Pilgrim versus the World comic books, with in which Scott Pilgrim meets the girl of his dreams, Ramona Flowers, uh, only to find out that her seven evil exes stand in the way of their life. Yeah. Uh, which you may recognize from the film adaptation of said comic book series directed mm -hmm. by Edgar Wright, which is one of my favorite films of all time. I love that film so much, um, especially like the direction style and 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 all of that, I think is so like on point. There's, there's stuff around the story. I mean, Scott Pilgrim is not a great guy. Not, <laughs> he's not a good, he's not a good person. Um, <laughs> and the, there are many problematic layers to that original <laughs> film. So what I love so much about this adaptation is that it does not adapt that story. Oh. The first episode very much feels like a straight sort of anime adaptation of that original comic story, that story that was adapted into the film. And then you get to that end of that first episode, and I'm going to oh. give some spoilers here. Spoiler alert. What, no spoilers for Scott Pilgrim Takes Off if you're planning on watching it on Netflix. You know, skip ahead a few minutes. Yeah. Mm. But basically, at the end of that first episode, where they get to the first battle with the first evil X, Scott loses in this in this series. He, yeah, gets, he gets killed. He, oh. you know, disappears in a puff of smoke and is left with change. And you're like, oh, that that didn't happen in the in the film. That's not yeah. that's not the that's not the story I'm familiar with. <laughs> uh and then this series basically becomes Ramona Flowers' series in which she is investigating oh. the death of Scott Pilgrim for which she very much believes that his death has been faked and that he's not actually dead and that he is somewhere and that there is a vast conspiracy at work. And it becomes this investigation series in which she tra traces back through having these really productive conversations with her exes what has happened to Scott Pilgrim. And you get to see Ramona fleshed out. You get to see all of her exes fleshed out. There is an amazing sequence between her and Roxy, who is very much played as like a very one-dimensional sort of lesbian, bi-curious phase thing in the film adaptation. It gets so much more depth in the series. All of the exes get so much more in depth. There is a very unexpected queer love story that happens between one of the exes and one of the other supporting characters. Um, oh, yeah. That is absolutely delightful. So the show gets so much queerer. It gets so much more in depth. It gets so much more sort of feminine energy injected into it, which is something that it very much needed. And I had such a good time with this series. I binged it all in the space of a day. You know, I don't love a binge, 
that I could not. He doesn't. Could not stop watching it, and it was such a great adaptation. And and the anime visual style of it all was just stunning as well. Um, cannot recommend the show enough. I really wasn't very interested in watching this. No, I was because not of, super interested because I was like, I've yeah. seen I've seen this and I've seen it done really well. Do I need to see this again? And I sort of had like an afternoon free on a Saturday and I'm like, eh, let me just check it out. And then I was like, whoa. Because it's like, it's that thing of, I don't even know. I know it was of its time and like a big deal to me in that moment and actually yeah. opened my mind in a lot of ways, the original film. I don't know if I wanted to revisit it and then see things that would upset me now or hmm. have something touch my memory, which is a good memory. So I wasn't that keen to dive into it. But now yeah. that I know it's completely different, because they've advertised it like it's, it's just yeah, yeah, in a very, very different much. way. So I, It is basically I a sequel to that film. And it, it's fantastic, yeah. I wish the advertising in the States had really let me know more of that. Yeah. And I did do a rewatch of Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the Edgar Wright film after this. And I did, you know, see some of the faults. I still think that it is an absolutely flawless sort of adaptation in terms of filmmaking. And Edgar Wright's style is so, the editing of it is, I can see it as being one of those films that made me excited about the prospect of editing. So I yeah. still very much appreciate it for that. But yeah, the cracks in terms of like who Scott is as a character and how women are treated in the film and how like queer women are treated in the film, there there are issues. But I think those issues also do stem from the source material. So to see this adaptation, which very much sort of undermines and reinterprets those things, uh, was really special. I really enjoy the fact that they also took the time. Like sometimes shows have seven episodes or nine episodes, yeah. whatever it might be, God forbid, 26 episodes. And they don't use their time. Oh, the show so uses their You just time ended so up well. like waddling through when you just wish it would go. Yeah. So it sounds like they're really um, were constructive in the way they use yeah. those episodes for the good of the development of the characters. That's awesome. Yeah, I do actually want to see it now. Thank God for you. I I wouldn't have put it on. Yeah. Right. Well, moving over to you then. What do you have as your number three favorite TV series of twenty twenty three? I have to put a caveat into the numbers because I know that you've ranked them and your numbers are important to you, but I'm very much um, on the preschool mindset of everyone here is a winner. You've all done <laughs> awesome. Um, I enjoyed all of your time. All righty then, then we're going to kick off with um, a show that is pretty much exclusively lesbians. Um, except that. for one sort of heterosexual adjacent foray. <laughs> um, it's called Deadlock. It's out of Australia. Um, and it's incredibly good. It's on Amazon Prime. First and foremost, there is one season. It is a shorter season than Americans are used to, but the perfect size season if you watch European shows. Yeah. And we have bodies, folks. Bodies showing up everywhere. And it's a small town, and we have a police detective who's actually moved to this town called Deadlock because her wife has said, um, you know, fuck, Sydney really fucked us over. It's a bit too hectic. We're going to go to a small town, and we're just essentially going to live on a farm, and it's going to be great. 
And the whole time you kind of see her wincing and just being like, yeah, ooh, ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh. And then they turn it to the murder capital of, of um, that, that whole area. So <laughs> it's great. And I'm not going to give any. It is a show that you've recommended on the pod before. It is I a show that's been. been on my yeah. watch list. It is definitely high up on that watch list. <clears throat> Something that I was planning on watching in the new year. So. To hear that it's this high up on your list very much encourages me to get my shit together and actually watch it because you have been recommending it for a minute. I love it. And you know what it is? The thing that I really love about it is it's not completely dark. Um, it's a, it's definitely dark comedy and it makes me laugh and it's smart and it has social commentary in it. It has all these things. In the last episode that I spoke about it, I kind of said uh, more about the characters who they are and who play them but in this look back at it i just want to say if you want to spend a fun afternoon this is a great way to do it i highly recommend it use those seven free days on amazon prime and <laughs> watch the show <laughs> so those of us who have not sort of actively contributed to business as well which i i am one of those people i'm sorry <laughs> My mother uses my account, so like, <laughs> like most of the Don't throw Ouija under the bus. Come on now. Most of the shows she watches are on Prime, so like I can't not, you know? And, you know, that has absolutely nothing to do with the with the like overnight delivery. No, nothing to do with that. It's, <laughs> it's purely for my mother's benefit. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, uh, I but I will say we... with, with Deadlock, the thing is, is that like I have an Aussie friend and we, we've sort of spoken about the sort of Aussie renaissance of television of like they they put yeah. out some really good TV content in the last yeah. few years. It's true. I sort of feel like they've always been on top of their game with their reality TV content. I think, mm. you know, we've spoken privately. I don't know if we've ever mentioned on the pod, but like MasterChef Australia is the superior version she's of the MasterChef so Oh, she's so good. Oh, but I was having this conversation with, with some of my Aussie friends and they were just like, there's just been a lot of good content coming out. And they mentioned Deadlock to me as well. And I'm like, yeah, my friend has been recommending to me this for for ages now. I'm so excited to to get around to watching it. So, yeah. I, I think it's brilliant. Don't be like me. Listen to Alex. Watch the show. <laughs> it's good. But I also think you can watch it anytime. It's definitely of this moment. But if you watch it six months from now, it'll still be good. One of my good mates who listens to the pod also said that she enjoyed it. She wasn't sure what the fuck was happening in the first episode because it is very much the humor that I'm used to, not necessarily American humor. <laughs> so, but uh, it, I found it to be incredibly pleasurable. Um, and wow. now, good sir. Yeah. Which is in at your number three. I'm going to keep in the murder mystery vein Ooh. for my number two because I have the Natasha Leon vehicle known as Poker Face. Oh my god, I should have given that an horrible shout-out! Yeah, you, you, you forget that it came out this year because it came out it so early in the year. It started airing in January. Yeah. Um, eventually made its way to the UK later in the year. Um, it is such a good show. It follows um, Natasha Leon's character, who is basically a human lie detector, mm. uh, can sense when people are telling her bullshit. And I think it is such an interesting... To know, first couple of episodes written directed by Ryan Johnson of, of Knives Out fame. It is very sort of in that vein, but it sort of takes the murder mystery and sort of flips it on its head a bit because it shows you exactly who killed the person. It mm -hmm. shows you the murder up front, and the episode really becomes about how is Charlie 
going to figure out who this murderer is. And it sort of becomes about how does Charlie know the victim? Because it's always the thing of Charlie knows the victim, has created this bond with the victim and is able to use that to solve the murder. Uh, and it it's created some truly fantastic episodes of television. Uh, I sort of think about the sort of barbecue episode with with the the hog roast chef who becomes a vegan and is then murdered by his um by his brother to take over the company and this whole thing is so funny i know for you you loved the uh old people's home episode with judith light oh judith light ladies and gentlemen she is just guest stars on this roster are like unparalleled you've got hong chow you've got charles malton you've got Ellen so Burstyn? Many I think stars. Burstyn's on there too. Yeah, Ellen Burstyn was in a fantastic episode about the so theater. Good. The theater. Uh, uh, Nick Nolte um, and Cherry Jones in like an episode about like oh my god, Cherry feature Jones. effects and like all of that. Uh, that was also such a good episode. Such a good episode. So, like it was such there a great are no episodes Lord. that are yeah. bad episodes. Yeah. There are some episodes that are not as good as others, but there are no bad episodes. So I think if you want a show that's really just going to like entertain you and enthrall you with a mystery that like you kind of know what's already happened. So you're not spending the whole time figuring like who did this. You're spending the whole time of like, how is she going to catch that? And yeah. it's, it's fantastic. And Natasha Yon is just at the top of her game. She's always good. She's always good. You know, how she so is how she's a heterosexual. I, I still don't know. Still don't know. I'm but amazed to be seen. We have to let it go at some point. We have to let it go at some point. Um, maybe that's going to be my New Year's resolution of 2024. Let go of the fact that Natasha Leon is a heterosexual and just accept it. She um, she really has had this moment this year that I've really enjoyed with Poker Face. And then she quit smoking and she sort of <laughs> took that time and went on Twitter and replied to a whole bunch of people. And now she has an old Navy commercial where she just meets herself in the street and goes, Natasha, Natasha, is that how you say? It was just so funny. <laughs> Um, I don't know. She cracks me up. And about Poker Face, I want to say if you like Columbo, mm. um, so in other words, if no one hung out with you and you watched a whole bunch of old TV, <laughs> then um, this is a great homage to Columbo, you know, with obviously yeah. the smoking and everything, but also just with um, the way they structure the episodes. Even I think the font they use in the front is also the mm. Columbo font. Mm. Um, I love Columbo. I've always loved Columbo. There's yeah. there's often a moment in Columbo where he says one more thing and he's like puffing a cigar <laughs> and that's the big moment in the episode. Yeah. And Natasha uh, Leon does that too with Charlie. Yeah. There's always a moment in the episode where Charlie's like... Um, like that's that's great, but you know, just one more thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah one more thing. Um, and I, I really love Bullshit. that about yeah. it. Yeah. It's so good. Um it's so funny. Like she just, yeah. there's a way Lips that smile. she delivers lines that I, yeah. I think most people envy. I certainly do. Um, yeah. So great. Yeah. Great so that's, that's at my number two. Alex, what is it? Your number two spot. <laughs> Again, numbers my, don't matter, but like what's next on your list? Put it that way. My number two, give me a drum roll because I just blanked. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, Slow Horses. So I've spoken uh, about Slow Horses before. It's an Apple TV mm-hmm. um, show. And the great thing about Apple TV is their marketing department is 
the most non-working department ever. So you've probably yep. never heard of the show. I have spoken about it before, but yep. whatever. So we, before. Yeah. We, we have Gary Oldman and he runs, his name is Jackson Lamb, and we meet him, him. This is the third season, I think, or the second season. Yes, it? Um, yeah, let me just check what what's You want the way Apple truly. Yeah, their, their marketing department's like, yeah, we'll go to work next week. So I was convinced it was first episode, first season. Convinced. No, ma'am, no, sir, no Christmas ham. So they actually shoot <laughs> two seasons at a time um, of this show, okay. uh, which is an interesting technique. I I enjoy it. Yeah, it's yeah. season three. So wow, it premiered wow. on November 29th, so it is a late edition. But yeah. as usual, I love a late edition. And in this new season, so you meet the crew in season one and just be prepared that a lot of people die, a lot of change happens. Season two, even more people die. But you're always going to have Jackson Lamb, which we can all be grateful for. The man doesn't wash. Um, he doesn't brush his teeth. He doesn't change his clothes. He is nasty dirty. He exists only on alcohol and um, takeaway curries. And so... He really hates himself and he um, lets his body know with his choices every day. So he is one of the most interesting characters on screen. Mm -hmm. But the great thing about the show is it really takes MI5 and takes the absolute assault. <laughs> Which is endlessly enjoyable. Yeah. But also is an old school spy thriller. It's based on a book. Um, so you have the kind of world building that can only come from a series based on a book. Sorry, to yeah. shows that are based yeah. on books. And in this season, we really do have um, a storyline that will blow your mind, but I do think it is pretty close to reality. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do think <laughs> it is pretty close. Um, and the final episode blew my socks off. Watched it the other day. Yeah. Cancelled that for subscription. The hour later. Free you shouldn't babies. have though, because you have lessons in chemistry still to watch, and that's an app, another Apple TV show. I'm going to get a new email address for that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to set that up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as a, as you said, you've we've spoken about Slow Horses on the pod before. I think I remember sort of saying that, like, I was convinced that um, Gary Oldman was putting on a fake accent. <laughs> it, it sounds it sounds fake. It sounds fake, Mary. But I think that's apparent. So other people, are, since looking at it on the internet, people have told me that that's actually closest to his real accent. I was like, oh, that's unfortunate. Um, it sounds like an American doing a British like Cockney accent, and then people yeah, are like, "No, like no, that's Dick Van Dyke." It sounds like that's, Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. That's closest to how he sounds in life, and I'm like, "That's unfortunate." Um, but <laughs> but yeah, it is, a, it is a show. I I don't think I will be watching it just because once I find something that like takes me out, I can't like that accent. It takes me out. Like there are so many people at the moment trying to get me to watch. Iron Claw, the Iron Claw. Oh, it's a new yeah. film with Zac Efron. I know, and, yeah. Um, the Boy from the Bear and uh, Harris Dickinson. And I'm just like, I can't. You know why? Those wigs. Oh, yeah. I just, 
it's supposed to be this heart-wrenching, like really bleak, sad story. And I'm like, I can't take a bleak, sad story seriously when you're wearing like party store wigs. I just can't. And I don't care if they're accurate to the time period. I don't care if that's what they actually look like in life. I can't look at that and take it seriously. So I know I won't be watching it. So like with Slow Horses and Gary Oldman's accent, I just, I know personally, I will never be able to take it seriously. That is not for me to discourage other people to watch the show. Alex is a very good judge of uh, of of talent uh, <laughs> and of content. So, Alex says you should watch it. You should absolutely watch it. Well, I feel confident that only two people watch Apple TV: me, you, and like <laughs> that's it. Um, nobody yeah, watches just these shows, just and they us, all get yeah. like four seasons. And so, I don't think it makes yeah. much of a difference. Um, <laughs> they've already shot the next season of the show. Bob bless Gary Oldman, I guess. Um, Love that. But um, nobody will <laughs> ever know about it, so that's fine. Um, but I um, have to say, sometimes it feels really good to be a hater. And then see your friend and be a hater too. Because, girl, those wigs did take me out. And what I went ahead and did was just read the Wikipedia because I just wanted to and know. And we're all like, gives that Efron a nomination. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't for that wig. <laughs> I, can't. I just, I can't. I just said, I'm sure. Yeah, he deserves flowers because he was so good at that school musical. And so that's fine. Um, do that is an do opinion. That? What do you that mean? That is an opinion, opinion that people have. That he people changed have. lives with high school. Harris Dickinson gave one of the best interviews of all time. We're, oh, no, here's here's an absolute sweetheart. I I yeah, like I'm so disappointed good. in not being able to watch it for him because yeah. I I know someone who's worked with him on on one of his films um, on the distribution of it, and apparently he is the sweetest, loveliest person. So like I very much do want to support him because he is he's a very attractive man. I'm not gonna lie. He's tall, you know. And he's a very good actor, even in Triangle of Sadness, which I think is a terrible film. I think he was very good in it. Watch that. He was very good in it. I'll take um, it serious. Um, yeah. but the but back to him, he did this interview with Zach Efron where he was like, I've loved you since I saw you in high school musical. I love high school musical, it changed my life. It's like and he's like he, Zac Efron is only little, and Harris is the... Is she? Who is she? I don't know. I hope so. I, I feel like that we name... We need to stop speculating. Jason. You know. Yeah. Three yeah. straight men exist. Do they? Do they? So the, so the streets say. I don't know. I saw a tweet today that said, in the last hour of a wedding reception, all men become bicurious. And... <laughs> Um, probably yeah, true so it's true yeah yeah anyway we're wildly off topic let's get back onto our lists um <laughs> and i'm gonna go in with my number one yeah. best tv series of 2023 yeah. i have uh-huh. the bear season two mm-hmm. yeah girl yeah yeah uh we all know the bear at this point if you don't know the bear what are you doing uh it is the <laughs> It is a TV series that follows a, a chef in Chicago um, taking over his dead brother's restaurant. And in this season, he is making it his own. He is turning it into a sort of upscale restaurant with the help of uh, the fabulous Ayoa Debiri um, or Debri. I'm, I'm never sure. Like to me, I look at that as an African and I look at that surname and I say Debiri. But then I have heard so many people say Debri. So I but don't... Americans say things wrong, so why would you take them seriously? Yeah, but she is also American. 
I forget. Well, I feel like but she, she made her job. incorrectly herself, in which case we should be on board with however she is pronouncing it. Mm-hmm. So whether that's a Debris or a Debiri, regardless, she is one of the stars of 2023. She has been in mm-hmm. so many fantastic projects this year. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of the pinnacle of that. Um, arguably, there's, there's a film that may or may not get mentioned uh, later in this episode that could also be her crowning achievement of the year. Uh, but yeah, she's fantastic <laughs> in this show. I think the show is girls. so good. I think the show is topping so many people's lists this year. Yeah. It is much sort of slower and reflexive than the first season was. I feel like the first season was very much all settings at 10. We're going, we're going, we're going. Chaos, chaos, noise, which, you know, they do that so well. And they definitely do that in the season, which with some of people's favorite episode of the season being Fishers, which is the epitome of that energy. It is an episode that is granted spectacular. But it's also an episode that gave me sensory overload so much that I was missing lines of dialogue. I was having to re- like rewind to like get what was actually being said because it's just, it's a lot. But for every episode like that and kind of like the finale was a bit like that as well. There are episodes like um, the sort of mm-hmm. pastry chef episode. Oh, um, yes. Said in Copenhagen, which I forget the name of the episode itself, but um that episode was spectacular and it was very sort of slow and meditative and and then you have episodes like forks which to me was the perfect episode of the season 10 out of 10 no notes in terms of like character development for for the character of richie just taking that character to completely new places from where he was in the in the first season and fantastic use of like musical cues with the taylor swift song Fantastic use of guest stars like Olivia Coleman. The guest stars in this season are insane. Olivia Coleman, Sarah Paulson, Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis, Lee. Will Poulter. Like the guest stars are out of this world and they just add so much richness and depth to the show, much like a perfectly balanced dish that they cook on the show. Like all the flavors are just flavoring as they should. And this show is so good. And I fully expect it to clear out at Emmy season when we eventually get to it later in January. Granted, it's still awarding stuff from season one because of shenanigans with the strikes and stuff. But I, I think that like I think it's still gonna end up clearing based on the goodwill from the season the second season alone. I think we're gonna see so many wins for for the actors and for and for the the crew behind it. And I think that it's going to continue on to the next Emmy season. I think it's going to clear out there too, because I think it is a phenomenal show. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I just wanted to talk about one thing that I really love in, sorry, the peppermint stubs got to me. I called it spoons instead of forks. (laughs) Um, God, peppermint stubs is so good. Um, okay, no, but it is the season. Yeah, <laughs> the 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 line that when I was reflecting back on it and putting it into a mm. list, the the thing I really enjoy about it is is that each part of the show works well. So it's not just the editing being good mm. or the script well, being good, the actors the being good. Yeah, talking about the editing, editing and Scott Pilgrim, this is another one where like the editing made me go fuck. This is why I love editing. This is just, yeah. 
it's tight as a drum and mm. it gives you exactly what you need. So it's seamless and you don't notice it unless you're looking mm. to notice it. Right. Um, but the thing that I really want to talk about, which I know there are some nerds who will talk about it, no one of them, <laughs> is the music um, in the show and how it actually yeah. adds to it. I think sometimes when we watch shows on streaming services, they have kind of done the thing where they put on whatever music they can afford and it's just on yeah. there. But um, in a show, and this is no offense to Yellow Jackets, but one of the things that really saved the second season of Yellow Jackets for me was their music supervisor. And it's something that really put the crisps on top of the omelet of this season of the bear for me. Because when you when you look at the episode in Copenhagen, when we're hearing mm -hmm. that Ethiopique's jazz, mm -hmm. as he walks down and he sees the man who's fallen down on his bike and the mm -hmm. man gives him a hug, and that's all soundtracked by this song that is, I think it's called Nostalgia. Mm -hmm. um, you kind of see a character coming into his own and reflecting on where yeah. he's been and where he's going. And you also get to see him as a person. He is the type of person who would help somebody up when they're falling down. And you, and you really do see this guy who mm. is struggling at times to not only find out his place in the kitchen, but sort of find out who he was. Um, I also realize now that my brain, because of how it works, went down a spiral before I said that this is also my number one show. So, um, my brain yeah. jumps place to place, <laughs> and I know it, and I'm not sorry about it because I can't change it. Um, but I think that was... Yeah, really and sort of what you're talking about also just like um, goes to something else that I love so much about the show is that, yeah, obviously... Um, Jeremy Allen White and Carmi is like the lead of the show, but I feel like it yeah. also is a show that so serves its ensemble really yeah. well, especially in the second season. Yeah, the way that it's served its supporting characters like Richie and and pastry chef guy and and sous chef lady. I'm sorry, I'm so bad with names. Um, <laughs> and you know, every every character gets their moment. Even like his sister gets gets her moment as well. Like every character gets fleshed out. Even the guy who sort of quits for a bit and then sort of comes back by the sort of end of the season. Yeah, and you, you find understand out what the motivations. Yeah. You you sort of understand their 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 journey and and they're fleshed out and they feel like wholly realized characters. So even though yeah, you have a technical lead of the series, all of the supporting characters get their moment in the in the sun and get their moment to shine. And and that's it's hard to do. It's hard to do that and to do that well. And I think that the show definitely deserves its flowers for doing that. I I really agree. I think they give everybody their moment and locking Jamie Arden White in a walk-in freezer, walk-in fridge was a really good choice. Yeah. I mean, the kid acted with a doll incredibly well mm -hmm. which is not easy to do and then the supporting cast acted even though, better he's been acting against a door the entire season because my only issue that i have with this season is his love interest i'm i'm sorry i i don't i don't like her i don't like her and it's not the character it is the actress because no, i've seen her in some other stuff i've seen her in like Sugar she's baby? in Theatre Camp, which is another fantastic film, but she's in that as well. And I just... She wasn't good in Theatre Camp. 
I don't think she's good in this. Like she's, I don't, I, I don't want to be that person that's personally attacking an actress because, you know, acting is hard and, and all of that bullshit. And acting just, in that cast is hard too. I imagine you see your life flash before your eyes. Why does she whisper every line, you. Alex? You whisper so much. Why does she whisper every line? Yeah. She's just like, she, she like went to the, the Princess Diana school of like head tilts and then just like whispers every line. It was like the fucking, I just. But I also feel like. Every time maybe... she was on screen, every time that storyline came up, I was like, I don't care about this. I don't care about this. Get off my screen. There are so much more interesting things happening. Um, that is why I'm so bored by it. But I wasn't, my complaint wasn't her acting as much as the way they didn't fish her out. Oh, yeah. I think that I said this to you or somebody else. Um, but I, I just, I found it kind of frustrating that all she was was this tool to get things out of him you could see when they were kind of they kind of painted him into a corner in the script and then they were like okay we need to see we need to see how calm he wants to um, implode so we're gonna here she is we want to see how calm he needs to um, have a bit of escapism here she is we need to see who calm he was when he was however old here she is so i i found that um kind of frustrating i found in in such a good it's such a great kind of masterclass in how to write a script, how to develop characters, how to give it. That was, she was kind of let down. I feel. And that's why she stands out so much more as a, a complete flop Tina, because mm-hmm. you, you put her up against every other supporting character in the show and she just doesn't have dimension. She doesn't have dimension in the writing. She doesn't have dimension in her performance. So like, but yeah, she is blame, hot. You can't, but you can't blame one thing. So, hot. like, the writing is bad, but there are some people who don't have the best writing who can turn it into something. It's true. So she didn't have great writing. She didn't give a great mm-hmm. performance. Mm-hmm. She was the weakest link goodbye. But so, she's hot. And you considered that. Have you affected that? My homosexuality may be showing because I don't get it. <laughs> Oh my god! It's like me with that uh, Jacob Elordi boy. I just I've seen well, I didn't, so many I didn't photos get of that his toes. Either. I don't get it. I don't. Well, that I do get. Yeah, yeah. Oh god! Um, don't tell me about the toaster. No, you. I don't. Oh, don't. You, <laughs> you name me names. You can name my name. I don't mind. I don't. No, mind please don't that take that out. Healthy slunt in theory. <laughs> in theory, girl, not so much out. in practice, but you in know, practice, not to you're, read you're practicing out. You're not to read myself, but it's theory. But you know, you're a I've also, you're I will just say that I've also seen those those feet photos, and I'm I'm not mad. Oh, I'm oh, not oh, mad oh. at it at all. And I did not get the Jacob Lordy boy at all prior to this year. He's just tall. And is I he hot or is he just tall? No, he is hot. But you know what he needs? He needs a female director. Oh, because he helps him shine. Seeing him directed by men, I did not get him. <laughs> Didn't so get it. Priscilla. And then and you had Saltburn and, and Priscilla. And I was yeah. like, you know what? Actually. <laughs> actually. I see what y'all I see what y'all were all about. Like I I see it now. <laughs> but this girl, I don't. I don't get it. She annoyed me so much in the series. She annoyed me so much in theater camp. I yeah, but we're getting uh, she negative. Was really like annoying it. in theater camp. This leave it. It's supposed to be about you know celebrating the best of the year, yeah, 
And I'm hopping on the only negative thing I had to say about the show. Everything else about the show, firing on 10 out of 10. So good. And I just, in the last few minutes we have, not to, we could do a whole podcast in a bit, but I just, I really want to talk about the Fishers episode and the fact that I Mm -hmm. had to pass it out because I am... I think a lot of people maybe haven't had um, lunches or dinners like that with their family. I I had 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 breakfast yeah. like that. Um, yeah. I've had mornings like that. I've had afternoons yeah. like that. I've had evenings like that. I've had three a.m.s like that. Mm. And so it's hard. It's a tough episode. It's a tough episode. It's very. But it, the reason it's tough is because it's well done. The reason it's tough yeah. is because it's close to the bone. Like, yeah. you know, it's not it's not like some Hallmark Christmas movie where you get to the, you know, right before the third act where you kind of see the character's mask fall off. You kind of go, oh, that's why he likes being in a kitchen. Yeah. It's because he needs to feel like he's home and home was chaos yeah. um, in a lot of ways. And so, yeah. you know, you, you kind of, you do end up going, you see, what's that saying that somebody gave? I love meeting people's mothers because it shows you exactly how they're fucked mm. up. Um, <clears throat> and so that's, I think that that could have been the alternative title for that episode. Um, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, Every, give her the uh, Emmy. Give her the yeah. Emmy right now. Get, right now. I know we're like a year away from her getting that Emmy, but it, yeah. it's got her name on it already. It's got I her name on think, it already. And also just the makeup that they put her in. Like, I feel yeah. like, the minute the camera pad to her, you were like, oh, she's just yeah. going to annihilate me, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, uh, yeah. we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with our best of 2023 film. Film. Hello, hello, dear listener. This is Cole just jumping in to say this episode was running very long. So I have gone ahead and split it into two parts. Part two, featuring our three best films of 2023, will be released simultaneously, so you can head over and listen to that right now, if you so desire. But for now, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you want to give us a follow on socials, we're at girlsgazedays underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok. Video versions of this podcast are available on YouTube. Join us again next time for another sip of queer culture. Cheers. Cheers.